Chris Gelser here with Matt Howell. And on this episode of The First Run, Matt and I are going to discuss M. Night Shyamalan's conclusion to his trilogy that took 18 years, 19 years, it's 2019, 19 years, Matt, to complete, which started with Unbreakable, continued with the surprise sequel, Split, and now we are here with Glass. We're also going to talk about the Netflix original horror film, Cam, and then finally we're going to discuss the 2019 Oscar nominations, the flubs, the snubs, the wins, everything they got right, everything they got wrong, it should be awesome. Now, if you're just joining us, it's a new year, it's a new show. We're going to change things up for 2019, and we're going to have new intros between each segment. I apologize in advance, this may not be permanent, but here we go. It's film one, yeah, film number one. It's usually a big theatrical release, but not every time. There you go. Ah, uh, this first hope is gonna be glass. <laughs> so this is. I just like the people out there to know this is. That's the first time I'm. I learned that we were doing something different literally 30 seconds ago, and that's the first time I've heard that. So uh, I'm right there with you, folks. It's just an email feedback at the first run, but wait till the whole show's over. So you get a feel for each intro clip, and if we just need to go back to the old days, or if you like it. I'm not going to do different ones every week, I'll tell you that right now. But I mm-hmm. am opening to switching them up if you think there's something wrong. Something, da, 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 da. Glass. All right, Matt. Unbreakable is is it one of my favorite films. It's my favorite M. Night Shyamalan film. Really? And it is his take, basically, on a realistically rooted superhero movie, right? And he also kind of deconstructs the whole genre with that first film. And then years later, we get split with James McAvoy. And it turns out at the end of the film, it's revealed that he now is, I guess, a supervillain. And it's set in the Unbreakable universe. High critical acclaim for both films. And uh, split was a, was a pretty big hit, particularly when you look at it compared to its budget. So finally... Shyamalan decides to go ahead and finish his trilogy, and we are brought here with Glass. So David Dunn, who now I guess goes by the Overseer, is his superhero name, is hunting the Horde, which I got to admit is a pretty cool name. And the two of them are eventually captured and confined to an insane asylum where they are being treated, air quotes, by Sarah Paulson's Dr. Ellie Staple. And... There's also at the same sanitarium is Mr. Glass. So the three of them now are kind of going through group treatment because maybe, Matt, they're not really superheroes, right? They just, they're only suffering from some type of uh, mental challenges, right? So then stuff happens. And I don't know how spoilerific we want to get, but I feel also sometimes it may be hard to avoid it because of what happened with the film. So Matt, let me, let's say this. Was this a fitting end to the Unbreakable trilogy? And were you satisfied with his results? Um, hmm. That's a good question. Um, so here's the thing. I was, I remember when I saw Unbreakable when it first came out in 2000, I was not very impressed with it. I didn't see what the big deal was. Um, and I never really held the, the flame for it that a lot of people do. Um, I enjoyed Split immensely. I thought it was a fun little B movie and it kind of yeah. got tacked on the end. There was a good twist. Um, but this one, um, I thought it was a decently made film, but I, 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 I struggle to think of, is this something that 
Shyamalan had had planned? Is this the story he always intended to tell, and now he just had the opportunity to tell it? Um, because it definitely doesn't feel like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, if that makes any sense. Really? I mean, it's a, it doesn't. Um, it's more... It has more forward motion. I think a lot of his films are very kind of uh, introspective. There's a lot of quiet uh, scenes and a lot of uh, kind of building on this kind of, uh, you know, um, mood and, and suspense. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas this seemed to be b- being propelled from the very get go. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I think I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if it's, it's something that was absolutely mind blowing to me. Well, I would certainly say there's nothing really mind-blowing about it. It's, I think his examination and critique of the genre is just as interesting here and effective as it was in Unbreakable. But the end of it, I feel like he dishonors his characters in the name of that final reveal. All right, I've, and here's the thing. The, the, for the way it ends, too, I feel like there's no emotional impact whatsoever. And I feel per, I felt almost betrayed in this thing because... And this is where it gets tricky because there's, there's an emotional investment that I have in these characters. Now, I appreciate that he owes me nothing, right? And it's my investment and my expectation here that I'm dealing with. And I feel like, man, I didn't even heed my own warning. So if you listen to a couple shows prior, you'll hear me say, listen, I don't know if this film is of its time now. I think that maybe we've been trained so much by Marvel and to a lesser extent DC to kind of have these big kind of bombastic superhero movies, which is not what he's made here. And I was concerned that maybe the audience had passed him by. And I feel maybe that I am even a victim of that myself. Now, I know we're never going to get that big climactic fight scene on that building thing, right? I know that's never going to happen going into this thing. But how he treats his characters at the end, I, I would have killed him for the overseer to kind of have a triumphant moment, maybe. And then maybe I thought maybe he hits the road in search of others of his kind type of a thing, right? Would it have been that bad? Is this the ending that we need? I just think it went too far. And I think he was the victim of his own his own uh, desires to kind of have that big pop at the end, which it isn't even really even a big pop. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, it does. It came out of left field. I mean, the the twist um, really came out of left field in in a not good way. In in some, I think so. There are multiple twists in this film, and I thought the first one was well done. Like I thought that was a good twist. I thought that was a good uh, lay down groundwork, and I was like, okay, that fits. I can see this how that fits. But then the the second one. Um, the second reveal, I, I was like, that's just, it's very pat. It's very convenient. And it's like, okay, fine. You know, um, I don't think you earned that M night, but, uh, sure. We'll, we'll say that that's okay. But I guess you're right. I think he gives, I think you made a good point and I think, uh, I was having trouble articulating it, but he's got so much going on with these. I really, you know, seven main characters that he doesn't really do any of them justice. Right. I mean, if you're talking about, um, the three supers, if you will, and in glass and the overseer and the beast, and then, um, you've got the kind of partners that each one of them had in, um, 
you know, um, Elijah's mother, uh, David's son, and, um, you know, the, the girl who got away and Anya, Anya Taylor's Taylor, joy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they, they try and kind of lump all of those things together and it just doesn't, right. I think you're exactly right. It's that he's trying to do too much in the sense, and he doesn't pull it off because he's not giving anybody enough room to breathe. Well, part of the issue too, is that the first film is much more of a kind of has a realistic tone of what a superhero would be like if he actually showed up and was figuring out who he was and why. The second film, Split, is a B-movie thriller that at the end is revealed to be in the Unbreakable Universe. So I don't know how successful he is in marrying these two films together because of that, which is what he tries to do here. And I think in the end, even that makes the final reveal even harder for me to digest. So I don't... I don't know. I just... It's... I, I think I was disappointed because I just didn't get the moment I thought I was going to get, but I should have known I wasn't getting it from the get-go. I just wish maybe that that final twist or reveal would have been handled a little better. Maybe mm. some seeds would have been planted a little earlier on right? Uh, than in, in handled a little more deftly. Like if you'd gotten some shots of some supers on the news or something, people displaying other powers or just you wanted to see James McAvoy climb up the side of a glass building and then David Dunn fight him at the top. No, see, I did not. I knew that wasn't going to happen. No, but no. But is that what you would have liked to see? happen? No, no, no. I would have liked to, like I said, to maybe is, has the overseer to, could have kind of stood up and then kind of went off into the, to the night and trying to, uh, you know, find his brethren and his sister and, you know, all that kind of stuff. His sister. So he, you know, I just, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe part of the issues, like you said, is that this felt a little tacked on this mm. final, this final twist at the end, maybe not having the identifier of the group, right. you know, right. like that, or at least sprinkle it in somewhere else. Cause I watched both these films the couple days before going in to see this too. And I don't, there was none of that stuff. Right. So, I don't know. I just... And they've got some pacing issues, right? The thing is, three endings. It clearly could have ended, I think, after ending one. Sure. And then the final thing in the train station or bus station, whatever it is, that just does not work. There is no, no heft to that whatsoever. Right. Uh, but can we talk a few minutes about James McAvoy? Can we? I thought he was great in Split and how he yeah. handles all those different personalities. He takes it to another level in this thing. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was uh, the best part of the film. I mean, and and one of the 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 tough parts is that um, I don't. Again, I'm trying to avoid spoilers, but I th I think Samuel Jackson is criminally underused. He doesn't really even start doing anything until like the first like halfway through the film. Um, and it's you know, um, and then of course Bruce Willis is is just kind of glowering into the middle distance, which is I guess what David Dunn does, but. Uh, Ooh, some good alliteration there. Um, but yeah, I think McAvoy really carries this film. I mean, Sarah Paulson, I can always take her her levers. Sometimes I find her good. Sometimes she just annoys me. This is the this is one of those roles where she just annoyed me. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think McAvoy hit it out of the park. I thought she was great in this. I think she's just more hampered by Shyamalan's plans for her. Mm. Maybe. I think she's penned in by that script, unfortunately. Okay. So, overall, then, what, what are you thinking about Glass? What's your grade? Um, I've been thinking about this on the way home here. I'm going to say, I'm going to be generous. I think I'm being generous. 
but I think I feel like a C plus is a little too low, but I'm gonna give it a B minus. I, I did. It was a good distraction for a Sunday afternoon watch, um, and I didn't hate it, so I'm gonna give it a B minus. I actually settled at C plus. Did you? Okay. Above average. Okay. Right? That's what C plus is. It's average. No, right. above average is B, and then excellent is A. Right. So it's a, it, I have a C plus, maybe on okay. a B, bordering on a B minus, but I'm thinking just. Too many things went wrong, and I think maybe here's like I said, I don't know if it's my it's my own bias is what's bringing this down, or not the quality of the film itself. It's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you disappointed as the as the big uh, unbreakable fanboy of the group of the duo? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not as good as I'd hoped it would be. It's solid. It's good. It's 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 good enough, but it's not it's not as good as unbreakable and it's a different film and not as good as split. Mm. Well, and it's, but I mean, you know what? It's making money. It's making pretty good money. I don't think they threw, I don't know what the budget was, but it's over, it's pushing, I think over a hundred million. So, so it costs 20 to make it's at one sixty three. Yeah. So, I mean, at least it's good for our boy M night to, you know, at least it keeps him making movies. Um, although I shudder if they throw another big, uh, big budget thing at him because, uh, like we, I think we've said many times, a twenty million dollar film is his wheelhouse. That's where he needs to stay. Yeah. I want. Do you think this is worth pursuing? Do we move on to the next city and the next group of superheroes? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe uh, uh, David's son can be like Bruce Banner. You know, he can be wandering like Kung, like Kane in, in Kung Fu, looking for superheroes with Anya Taylor Joy in tow. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> uh, I'd probably, I would be up for that. I confess, would I would be up for that. Yeah, whereas uh, uh, I don't know her name, but obviously uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's mom can like nurture the supervillains in the group. She can go looking for the supervillains, and the two of them can go looking for uh, the the good guys. Charlene Woodward, yes, yeah, maybe uh, that's she's the uh, Professor X, right? She's the uh... yeah, she's no, she's the Magneto. She has to be the Magneto. Oh, okay, that's true. yeah, that's right. Interesting. We had a chance to see Glass. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. All right, Matt, are you ready for the next round? The I, next am, I have never been more excited about anything in my entire life. Go the for more it. we go through this, the more I'm realizing this is a complete and utter disaster, and I wasted three uh, hours of my day. But here we I go. Can't. All right. Blu-ray and DVD picks, digital copies too. Yeah! <laughs> so here we go. Can we, can we, like, can we just, like, get little, like, a little a snippet of auto-tune because it's something we could borrow just long enough to put you in like some weird keys or something like that because that would be pretty sweet oh i can do that i think i have the ability to do that with some of my software yeah i think just try that out Ooh, maybe we're on to something mm-hmm. so i know it was subtle but now we're going to talk about blu-ray and dvd picks if you didn't catch that so coming up on january 29th is going to be suspiria the remake includes three making of featurettes starring tilda swinton tilda swinton and Tilda Swinton, as well as Dakota Johnson, who I was able to get past my general apathy for, mm. but still not really excited about her. But still, I think we both really enjoy Suspiria and all its craziness. So now you can catch up with that on home video. Glenn Close is up for an Oscar nomination in this film, and that is The Wife. It includes a Q&A session with the author of the original book. It's based on Meg Wolitzer and Glenn Close, and another feature right about the film. Boy Erased. 
the movie we did a few weeks ago for the show includes some deleted and extended scenes and three making of featurettes about the uh, young man who goes into the gay conversion therapy. The Disney, I think it's safe to say bomb, Matt, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms is being released. Did you see that with the little one? I did not. Okay. Well, now's your chance. Includes a steel book if you buy it from Best Buy. Includes some deleted scenes as well as some featurettes. The submarine film starring Gary Oldman and uh, Gerard... What's his name? The, uh, you know, Blackhawk, not Blackhawk Down guy. The guy, uh, Gerard Butler. Thank you. Hunter mm-hmm. Killer is coming out. Includes a Best Buy Steelbook release, audio commentary with the director, and a making of featurette. The sequel to the Death of Superman DC animated film Reign of the Supermen is being released as well. Includes a featurette on Lex Luthor, and then a few cartoons out from the vaults, and a sneak preview of the next film. Justice League versus the Fatal Five. You're new to Blu-ray pick, Matt. Uh, you got in, ha- in the Heat of the Night from Criterion. The classic film from Norman Jewison is being released with a 4K restoration and brand new interviews with Norman Jewison, actor Lee Grant, and with Aram Gudzuzian, author of Sidney Poitier, man, actor, icon, as well as some older ported over featurettes. Shout Factory is giving us Suburbia. Penelope Spheris' film, which uh, is the kind of the, what is it? The, the film that kind of exemplified the 1980s LA punk rock scene includes Flea's first acting performance, and there's a brand new 4K restoration of that film. They're also releasing Screamers, a horror film from the mid-90s starring Peter Weller himself. Did you ever see Screamers, Matt, about the little robots that when they're going to attack you, they start shrieking, and that's how you know where they are? Yeah, I've I've I know of it. I have not seen it. I remember really liking it a lot, but I haven't seen it since I think I saw it on VHS years ago, obviously. And there's four brand new features on this one, including an interview with the director and some other stuff. Um coming back out on Blu-ray, I didn't realize this was out of print. But Willow is being released again. And huh. it's the multi screen version from Disney. I don't know what that means. Do you know what multi screen version means? I honestly have no idea what that could possibly mean. Fair enough. Vinegar Syndrome is releasing four films. Uninvited, There's Nothing Out There, Splatter University, and A Climax of Blue Power. If you're not familiar, Vinegar Syndrome is actually housed out of Connecticut, Matt. So you should go check them out sometime. I was there actually the last time I was in CT. They have brand new featurettes and transfers all four of those films. So if you're a fan of them, now's your big chance to pick them up. Your straight-to-DVD pick of the week, though, Matt, from Shout Factory, is the TV movie, Sarah T., Portrait of a Teenage Alcoholic. Sarah Travis, Linda Blair, is an average teenager who is introduced to drinking alcohol at local parties. As a means of coping with problems in her life, Matt, most notably her parents' divorce, Sarah starts to drink regularly and tries to keep her addiction a secret even from her boyfriend, played of course by Mark Hamill. Eventually, Sarah's increasingly severe drinking almost leads to tragedy and she enters Alcoholics Anonymous, beginning an ongoing struggle to get sober and stay that way. Includes a brand new 2K remaster of the film and two new featurettes, including an interview with Linda Blair. Do you remember Sarah T, Portrait of a Teenage Alcoholic? Absolutely not. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm, fair enough. What should we be streaming this week, Matt? Um, so I was kind of looking for something to stay with the B-movie vein. And um, I'm going to pick uh, on Amazon Prime. It's a really low-budget and just odd film that I remember was inexplicably popular when uh, late high school, early college, and that's Six String Samurai. Um, it's a post-apocalyptic rock and roll uh, fantasy where 
um, a guitar playing samurai who is basically implied to be Buddy Holly saves a young boy from death and his uh, metalhead four horsemen of the apocalypse. So it's a very strange film. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but I think it's something that everybody who's a cinephile should watch at least once. Interesting. I know I've heard of it. I have never seen it though, but I have heard of it. Good pick. All right, Matt, we're moving on. Are you moving ready on? For the- I'm ready. God, I cannot wait for, for intro three. Let's do this. <laughs> I think this was a horrible idea. So I love it. This? One plus one is two. It's three minus one is two. It's the second film of the show. And it's usually a streaming pick. But it could be a theatrical film. Because there's something else we want to talk about. Can we, yeah, I, I, really, I really, I'm going to need you to keep these. But I, I really think we should auto-tune this, the hell out of these. We can keep it like a rotating thing. Okay. You know, maybe maybe one time you sound like a robot. Maybe sometimes it's like a metal voice. Yeah. How much fantastic. time do you think I have? Enough, I guess. To people, mess with that? people want content. They don't want introductions. Sure. Yeah, I like that one. I got a little Barry Gibb going on there. So next up is the Netflix film Camp. <laughs> so as always, Matt, every episode is specifically mastered for a particular listening experience. This time, this is best listened to while. Not being able to boot up your computer. Uh, sure. Things have been lo- you've been locked out for some uh, nefarious reasons. And mm-hmm. while you're going through IT and tech support, this is what you should probably be listening to best. So what is CAM all about? Well, this is another dicey one where I don't want to reveal too much. But essentially, uh, so Lola um, is a CAM girl. Um, she's really committed to her job. She's Her goal is to become into the top 50 of her particular CAM site. Um when she does so, um, she finds out that uh, somebody that looks just like her has taken her place um, and is preventing her from accessing her own account. And as she investigates, further and further weirdness ensues. That works. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about Cam as a thriller? Mm, you know what? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, it was a little strange um, as far as where where they were going with this and it kind of ends up in a place i would not have expected um but you know i think uh overall i guess it's it was actually pretty well done for the most part um i guess the person who wrote this was an actual cam girl in in her former career or maybe a current career i have no idea um so i guess it all seemed uh, i guess it was very real to life as as far as that part of it goes and you know i can always appreciate a weird uh horror slash thriller slash whatever else, uh, dangers of technology kind of thing. Yeah, no, I'm always up for those too. Yeah, it was written by Issa Mazay, which I'm assuming I'm, I'm slaughtering and I should have looked it up ahead of time, so I apologize. But she was indeed um, that former cam girl. I think it does, I think it smartly also destigmatizes in, a, in its own way the sex worker industry while providing, I think, a wholly engaging thriller. I hesitate to kind of call it like a horror film more as it is like a, a mystery thriller film. So, you know what this reminds me of? Um, this this basically seems like a Black Mirror episode to me. This mm-hmm. is what this is. I mean, I don't know if anybody watches Black Mirror. I've been finally trying to catch up with it, and it's actually really good, and I would recommend it to everybody. But um, this is what this seems like, kind of like a the, the dark side of technology kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. And I think it also kind of has a strong feminist uh, vibe to it as well, because she basically has to rely on herself to solve this mystery and find out what's happening and why she's basically been locked out of her account. She has to fight the prejudice, you know, of 
triggered by her choice of work in the tire kind of the terrifying specter of of the obsessive potential fans kind of leering in the background the whole time you know i i thought it was exceptionally well done i think it handles its conclusion well by not answering a lot of questions either right there's almost kind of an ambiguity as to what's going on and why which i think was a smart move to do um so I, I thought it was really well done. I appreciate it too. Madeline Brewer, who stars, is our lead here. I thought she did some uh, great work here as Lola. And the family dynamics as well, because she does keep the secret from her mom of what she does that her brother knows. And there's some family drama as well that's handled well. So nothing's really short-shrifted with this. So it handles the kind of almost sci-fi-ish mystery thriller portions well. There's a bit of the drama, her own personal empowerment. And I think it's important too to have a rather mainstream film deal with um, the sex work, I think, in a fairly, in a fairly, in a very respectable way and as a natural, almost okay choice. So uh, I think, I don't know. I was really impressed by the whole thing. I think it was well-written, well-performed, directed. I I enjoyed this. I thought they did a really quite a good job with it. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a pretty well done little film. And it's out on Netflix. So again, as I was telling somebody else about another film that's on Netflix, like, well, actually, another film that was that film was Roma. I was like, you know, it doesn't really take any effort for you to just to turn on the TV and watch it. So I would encourage everyone to check it out. Yeah, I was thinking too, I'm doing maybe a, a, you can do like a, a double feature, do this with Searching, which is another kind of tech thriller, though, in a different yeah. vein. Yeah, um, but still. It's, it'd be good with that as long as you don't mind the occasional nudity. That's all. Yes, true. But. Ooh, that was uh, perfect timing. That is the dog getting into something. Mm-hmm. Let's hope nothing's burning down. I <laughs> dumbly showed him how to light matches. And I don't know why I was dead. Oh, uh, yeah. That. That's, that's, that is, that is the first thing. That's what they tell you when you get a dog, you know, is don't show them how to light matches. That's, want, that's thought, dog ownership 101, Chris. I thought she'd be smart about it, but mm. whatever. If you've had a chance to see Cam, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, what are your grades for Cam? I'm giving this a B plus. Yeah, I don't give it a B. I'm going to give it a B. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I know it's fair enough. <laughs> I, do what, I do what I want. Damn Good it. for you. Good for yeah. you. This show is all about degrees. That's true. We all it's all the same stuff. Just various degrees. Which one do you trust more? Do you trust Chris's B plus or my B? <laughs> There's a, a wide <laughs> chasm. There's, There's a, a huge game. chasm and and what what is what this is offering to you. <laughs> all right, Matt, we got one more. One <sighs> more. This stuff is chef's kiss. Do you have any that you are not that you have recorded that you are not uh that you can pull out at a later date? I mean No. I actually no. had different versions, but I deleted them because I wasn't. Uh, I didn't save any. You, you really should have kept that because. Well, that that's not true. I happy. have a French version of the next one. Oh. Which is more of my bad French, uh, you know, impression there. My Fantastic. Accent. So, you know, I don't know if you'll ever hear it. We'll see. <laughs> but I didn't. I got to look into that auto tune. That's a great idea. Yeah. So let's get into the final segment. Rest easy, friend. You've made it to the final segment of the show. It could be call it. Who dat, what are the odds, or a top five. Either way, you have earned this. You are worthy. You are welcome. Take this into the week and live your best life. 
There you go. So as we get into <laughs> that was very that was almost borderline ASMR. <laughs> I was going all little almost I, the original version I did I was going for that, but was running into some uh, issues. So mm-hmm. I ended you were getting up too you were getting it. too uh, getting too aroused just basically back to it. yeah. There was that and you know I did about a dozen of them and I just got kind of tired. <laughs> so and now the dog is barking. I know dogs can't reason with them. You can't. She's trying to tell you that she she burned down. She's burning the house down right now. She's trying to tell you that and you're not paying any attention. Oscars, Matt. So they announced the Oscar nominations last week. The telecast is going to be on February 24th. And this, here's the thing. I thought last year was really, really strong for kind of smaller films. In bigger, larger films, everything was a little underwhelming, I felt. Sure. But when you look at the ballot this year, it's really not good. There's a lot of snubs that I don't understand. And I feel like, like, let's just, just, just talk about, okay. Um, so, so let's, I'm just going to start here. So actor in a leading role, you got Christian Bale in Vice, Bradley Cooper, Star is Born, Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, Remy Malek in Bo Rap, and then Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. All right, I just personally, I think Vice, I think Bale is uh, is a lock. Though we're not going, we shouldn't. Our prediction show is coming up, so sure. maybe we don't talk so much about that. But uh, uh, Ethan Hawke in First Reform, I could easily swap out here for Vigo. Okay. Now I confess I haven't seen At Eternity's Gate, so I'm not so familiar with that. And I just, I don't know if Malik's performance is really Oscar worthy. But the Oscars, they love they love them some biopics, especially musical biopics. And I would easily swap out Ethan Hawke for Bradley Cooper. Now, I don't mm. think you've seen First Reformed yet, right? Uh, I have not seen First Reformed. I haven't seen A Star is Born, and I haven't seen it At Attorney's Gate either. So there you go. Although, you know what? Maybe I'll take the time to watch um, First Reformed tonight because it is available on one of the streaming services. I, I think it's on Amazon, as is yeah. Leave No Trace, which is another one. Ben Foster, who possibly could have mm-hmm. received the nomination. He's also quite good in that. Right. So, and there's a, just a, like, really, I think the, the most troubling stuff for me is Best Picture. But then you also have Best Actress in a leading role where you don't have Tony Collette for Hereditary, which I think is a major mistake. No, I don't know if I have any real massive disagreements with anybody here. Me, but I just an actress. Yeah. Uh, well, again, I haven't seen Lady Gaga, Melissa McCarthy, or Glenn Close's performance, so I can't say for sure whether I agree with any of that or not. Fair enough. This is yeah. a really interesting segment so far. What do you? I know. Have... Sorry. <laughs> is there anything of, about the nominations that you had any thoughts on, or? Um, well, first, it's nice to see that Sam Elliott finally got nominated for something. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that's probably long, long overdue. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm a little irritated that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book got as much nominations as they did. They're kind of like the kind of lowest common denominator stuff that annoys me about the Oscars. Um, and I, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, and then also, you know, I know it's a controversial opinion, but. Um, and I know it'll never win, but just Black Panther to me being nominated for Best Picture, just it's just I know why it's being done, and I'm not saying it's not an important film, but it's just not even 
the best superhero film of this year. Um, and it's not even the best Marvel superhero film. So I don't know. I just have a real problem with it just based on the, the merits of what it is as a film in and of itself. Yeah. I, that's another one. I don't quite, I, I mean, I get why they're doing it. I understand yeah. why they're doing it, but I, I don't know if that's, I, it's, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's great that Spider Verse is nominated, but Spider Verse was by far the better, the best of the superhero films that we've had. And like I said, we've said it many times. I don't even think Black Panther makes it top five for us, and we know everything about everything, and we're always right. So that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and I think too, Spider Verse is hampered because it's an animated film, and it right. shuffled off into the animated feature film but i just don't know even if it did the numbers enough really i think if you're doing a mass appeal superhero movie you're gonna have to do big numbers i don't think you can have a small budget or a small return superhero movie that's gonna make best picture i just don't was spider-verse small return i don't think it did well um really it didn't that's really disappointing i'm gonna be very I know upset when we sure. were when we talked about it at the time its performance was underwhelming and oh all right it turned it around. I guess that must be uh, international, just total gross. But it, it cost ninety to make, and it made three thirty-eight. Okay, so that's definitely solid. Yeah, I think when we did the show, I think it may even have been under at the time, but okay. it was like the first week. Okay, three thirty. Oh yeah, three thirty-eight. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's respectable for an animated film, I would think. Yeah, probably. I would say for an animated film, I think you're right about that. So once again, mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Look at this, we're finally exposing that I'm the one who knows what he's talking about. I'm impressed that Cold War got as many nominations as it did. Uh, that's available on Amazon Prime as well right now, Matt. That's another mm. thing oh, it is. you should see. Okay. So you can check that out. I think it has like three or four nominations, which I'm impressed, I was impressed by. Um, good stuff to see the nominations for Roma as well. Obviously, it has Best Picture, Director, Actress in a Leading Role, and uh, some other cinematography. But for me, some of the big issues is some of the films that didn't get any mention. How Green Book is on this list. Right. And if Beale Street Could Talk is not. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm I, 100% with you on that one. I cannot wrap my head around that. That film was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And nary a nomination. I think it's got, what, one or two, right? I just... It's got, I think it's got a best score. Yep. There well, go. Regina King is nominated. And Regina King. So it's got maybe two or three. And I just, to have Green Book have a single nomination. Yeah. To have a film created almost entirely by white folks, right? I think the only real black um, part of the crew or development or whatever, for the most part, was just uh, Ali. Yeah. He did get a nomination. But even then, it's not. Also, how His it handles the, how it handles is in a supporting the, role. Yeah, and how it handles the gay uh, part of his lifestyle too is so it's every, it's just so lazy and mm. sloppy. This film. The more I think about it, the more I don't like it. Right, and it's just it's frustrating to me, especially after seeing if Beale Street could talk, which is just right. gorgeous. I yeah. just I don't understand it, it and then uh, it just really drives me up an absolute wall. And no, not no acting nominations except for Regina, right? That's it. And I think any any one of them. Yeah, no directing, no directing nomination at all. Um, nope. Although I I can't. Well, I could probably 
looking at the directing nominee nominees, I could drop Vice probably, and certainly in yes. favor of Beale Street. Um, the other ones, I mean, you're going to be pretty hard pressed to drop. I mean, although I haven't seen Cold War, I will take your word for it that it deserves to be there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think um, it is really a shame because it is a fantastic film, and I, I don't know what people are thinking. Yeah, it also got an adapted screenplay, uh, which I, I think should win. I don't. It's going up against Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Forgive Me, and then A Star Is Born. And I think for me, that's the clear head and shoulders above any yeah. other one of those. Yeah. So it's just that drives me out. Eighth grade as well. Nothing. Yeah, no nothing. love for eighth grade. I which, know. That is insane. I think it was my fourth favorite film of the year. Yep. Leave No Trace gets nothing. The Rider doesn't. Nobody even hears it. Rider. The Rider. Which, uh, and then Blind Spotting, another great film if you haven't seen it. I don't know if it's on Amazon. It might be, it might not. But that's another one too, you absolutely have to take take check out. And then the score for First Man, mm. Damon Chazelle's uh, film, but that score is great. And you got Black Panther on here. It, I'll, uh, Mary Poppins Returns, I'm sorry. No, absolutely <laughs> not. First score could have replaced the first score. First man could have taken either one of those out, and I would have been totally happy with that. Totally fine. It's just over. It's just really underwhelming. Yeah. You have eight best picture nominees. Why not just go with all ten? Go right. with the ten and throw in if Beale Street could talk in eighth grade at the very least. Right. I mean, if you're even if you're saying they're not going to win. I just, that's what that that's yes. The more we talk about this, the more irritated I get about it. You it's were just never like, really here, Matt. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not like they're saying they have four, like, it's not like they're saying, okay, there's five spots, there's five more deserving films. It's they didn't even fill the category. And there are also many deserving films that should have at least be given the chance. And I think neither one of us are going to go out on a limb and say, you know, Boho, Bo Rhapsody should not be there. Green Book should not be there. I would argue Black Panther should not be there. Um, I mean, I don't know. I even have a problem with Vice. I don't even know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, out of yeah. all the best picture nominees of Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Vice, I would keep three. Three of them. Yeah, I would keep Roma, Black Klansman, and The Favorite. Those are the only ones I think are they got right. The rest of them are not best picture worthy. And you know what's going to happen? It's going to be between Green Book, I think, and um, probably Roma, right? Maybe actually, probably Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody. I'll bet you are going to be the two. Oh, don't say just... that. It's just I would just be. I'm going to be so upset. And here's the thing: I know we're a film podcast, and you know we really love film. But I, I honestly, I did not watch the Oscars last year, and I didn't even miss it. I'm not even going to watch them this year because they're just annoying me. The whole thing is just the production and what they're doing and all that kind of stuff is just. I'm not into it. I'm. I you typically live tweet it. I yeah. don't know if I want to do that this year. Maybe I'll live stream it. That might be mm. fun, though. I think you're cut off at four hours. Okay. Live stream, but maybe that might be fun. I'll drink and live stream it. Why don't we do that, Matt? And you'll just get more and more belligerent as we get closer and closer to best picture. Yeah, let's do that. Let's we'll talk about the details. Maybe we should try and live stream you and I together the Oscars this year. Just get in our offices and then uh, there, drink there and go. yell. <laughs> we can see if we maybe we'll catch up with some but we can catch up with some of these, these ones we haven't seen too just to prove how they're still not right there you go yeah i yeah. still gotta watch the wife i haven't seen and uh can you ever forgive me i really yeah. want to see but those are the two 
kind of bigger films that everybody talks about that I haven't seen. So yeah, let's 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 plan that out. We got a month basically. Yeah, we got about three plus weeks. We do. So we'll see what we can do. Uh, mm-hmm. Still, uh, I just oh, finally for me, documentary. Okay. Anything jump out at you? Documentary feature. Now here's a problem. I haven't seen a couple of these documentaries. But I don't think I, I haven't seen any of them. And I'm the documentary guy. Won't you be my neighbor? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's I just wrong. I don't understand really this at all. It's Oscar's it's, so out of touch. It's one of the most disappointing uh, nomination ballots I can remember. And it's. I don't know. And and then at one point, I know we talk about it every year, stunts. Why is there not a stunts category? I do not understand it. Because whatever Tom Cruise movie <laughs> that, that's out there is going to be uh, is going to win, I guess. It's I mean, you, you got John Wick three coming out this year. You mm-hmm. know there are going to be some crazy stunts in that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I saw a bunch of guys on on you know <clears throat> pocket you know motorcycles with katanas while fighting John Wick on a horse. I mean, obviously that deserves already an Oscar just watching it <laughs> in the trailer. Man, I don't get it. Oh, well. So did you see, uh, did you have anything else to add for the Oscars? Yeah. The only thing I would point out, I, the one good thing I do like to see about this is that Roma is nominated for best picture. Now I understand it got a, a small release, um, you know, theatrically, but it is mainly a Netflix film. So I'm glad they're at least acknowledging that, you know, just yep. because it went to Netflix, it's not like it's something that's not deserving and they can throw it on there. So at least good on the Oscars for doing that. Yeah. And I think it's given proper recognition to the favorite, which mm-hmm. I'm very pleased about. Yeah. It could have, I don't know how it could have, but I wouldn't have been surprised if they just ignored that as well. So I'm trying to come up with some of the bright spots too, but I'm not, I'm not feeling. Yeah, I mean, other than uh, the favorite, uh, Roma, um, I'm, I'm glad to see Black Klansman getting some love. It's nice to see Spike Lee, you know, kind of uh, getting some recognition for, I mean, granted, he's had an up and down career. Um, and then I really just hope, the really the thing that I'm actually m- most interested to see what plays out is, believe it or not, is animated feature film, because I've seen four of those five, and they're all pretty solid, but I know which one I'm shooting for, so I'm really interested to see which one it's gonna, which way they're going to go. Hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting to check out. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you see... Part of me just wants 2019 to end at this point. I know we got a Star Wars film and Avengers film, but 2020, Matt, we have Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. We have Godzilla vs. Kong. We have James Bond 25. There is going to be New Guardians of the Galaxy. They just announced Christopher Nolan's new film is coming out in 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is looking to be... There's Top Gun 2, Don't Sleep, a Doctor Sleep, excuse me, is being released. There is a bunch of stuff that's going to be hitting. So I'm really starting to kind of look forward, maybe even the 2020 more. And there was a way. Are to- you? I. No, here's the thing. I'm actually looking forward to 2019. I've got high hopes for 2019. Um, new Godzilla film, obviously, yeah. with the, the Kaiju. Awesome. Uh, new Spider Man film, Shut Up, I Don't Care, with uh, with uh, uh, Fishbowl Head. I'm all aboard on that. I'm uh, New Star Wars film. Um, looking forward to seeing Brightburn. Um, I got yeah. the the kind of uh, February doldrum horror films that all the trailers were in front of glass. And you know what? Most of them actually look 
pretty fun. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to quite a few of those. So um, I don't know. I think I think 2019 is shaping up to be a pretty solid year, yeah. at least for big bigger films. And then we'll always have the gems that we love that will come along out of nowhere. That's true. I'm just saying I'm I'm really excited about 2020 shaping up already. That's all. There you go. It's going to be a good year, maybe two years here in a row. So hopefully that'll work out. So, all mm-hmm. right. Any other Oscar thoughts? No, I don't think so. Other than, why don't I, I just hope that our viewers tell us how um, can you know they commiserate with us and tell us how the Oscars are wrong. That'd be awesome. We'll yeah. be doing obviously our Oscar preview show, which will tell you what will win and what should win. Uh, that usually hits the weekend before the Oscars. So right. That week before, you'll be able to listen to that. In the interim, next week, Matt. What's it going to be next week? Well. I've already seen it, and I'm curious to get what you're going to think about it. And that is the kid who would be king, which is a uh, the latest film from Joe Cornish, who did the really solid Attack the Block. If you okay. haven't seen it, it's pretty good. It's the film that introduced me to John Boyega, mm-hmm. who you may know as Finn from the Star Wars right. films. Small film. So this is uh, family entertainment, Matt, as well. So if you want to bring the little one with you, you can uh, All right. go ahead and take her. All right. And then what else did we decide on? We're going to do, um... oh, Polar. Polar, yeah. as retiring yes. hitman. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that. So there you go. Oh, and by the way, folks, I've, I, Matt, I've passed, I finished my first pass at the 2019 calendar. So okay. I'll be getting that over to you. And um, we just need to fill in the second films. Okay. So that would be kind of fun to get through. And then other some yeah. final segment ideas, if you have any. Very good. So if you have any Oscar ideas, what do you think about the films we talked about today? All that jazz. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And of course, at thefirstrun.com itself. Check us all out. Do a search. Type in the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually, you will find us. Though, I guess on our own website, you'd find us right away. We're on Stitcher. Tune in as well. Apple Podcasts. Go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. I will read it live on the air. That's how more people will find the show. And that's it, Mac. So part of this too, there's no stinger. Remember, we do a stinger every week. Yeah. Well, I don't. I didn't. I don't know how to record a stinger. So <laughs> there's no stinger. I'm really. I'm surprised. Uh, there's nothing like uh, you saying, like I don't know, something like I'm the steak and. And the sizzle, something like that. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> anyway. Because <laughs> we both know it's one of your favorite phrases. And I say it all I'm the obviously, time. All I'm, time. I'm, obviously, I'm obviously not the steak nor the sizzle. So you're really what the people come to see. That's true. That's really yeah. true. And listen to. That's it's mm-hmm. my dulcet tones. Yes. So let's see if we can auto-tune some of those intros. Maybe I'll just give up and go back to the old style of show. I don't know. <laughs> I was all jazzed about it, and now I've actually gone. Dude, I love it. I I, uh, I thought it was fantastic. You've you've got a strong supporter in me in half of this. So I mean, and as the vice president of the show, my vote counts for like a hundred. So we should do that. All right, we'll think about it. Uh, All right, that's it. Take an extended break, and uh, we'll see you all soon.